Welcome to the Perfume Room. My scent of the day today is Le Labo Gaillac 10. That is a city exclusive from Le Labo. I am wearing that today because I told you all that I was working on an upcoming solo episode and that one of the things I would do in that episode is review the entire city exclusive line. Well, if you have been waiting for that, you are in luck. That is what I am doing today. Anyway, full disclosure, Lalabo generously reached out to me about a month ago and asked if I wanted to receive a discovery set with five of the city exclusives to then pick one to redeem a full bottle of. I'm not sure if I'm going to be getting the 50 milliliter or the 100 milliliter. Either way, it's so incredibly generous given that the 50 milliliter retails for $365 and the 100 milliliter retails for $515. And I certainly do not want to bite the hand that feeds. So Lalabo, when you hear what I'm about to say, please know that I say this as someone who loves Lalabo fragrances. Bergamot 22 is one of the fragrances that got me into luxury scents. I absolutely adore, adore so many Lalabo fragrances. But my hot take is that I don't know if I could justify the city exclusives. And I say this because... To my knowledge and to my olfactive experience, there's nothing about the city exclusives that makes them worth more money aside from their exclusivity and their cachet. As in, I don't think it's a higher quality of ingredients. I don't think it's a higher concentration of materials. I don't think it's a more expensive glass bottle. I mean, I know it's not. But all of a sudden, you have that significant price jump of something that's already pricey of 230 to 365 of 322 to 515 for just, like I said, exclusivity. So the fragrance that I did end up selecting to redeem a bottle of, I am so excited about. It's such a lovely fragrance. And that is the one that I'm wearing today, which is Gaillac 10. And it is a sort of musky, but incense ambery scent. And I love it because it has such a beautiful smokiness, but it also sits so close to the skin. And if you were in, for example, June Smell Club and you remember D'Orsay, MD, Nous Sommes that fragrance has a similar vibe of just something that feels incredibly intimate and yet has so much depth. You could also compare it maybe to Givenchy MMW, which is like another sort of like Palo Santo but musky skin scent. You could even put it in the same overarching genre, though the smell is very different than something like Scorpio Rising in that it doesn't feel heavy or huge, but it has a lot of heavy materials. Will I wear this fragrance? Absolutely. Do I think it smells great? Absolutely. But for $515 for the 100 milliliters, when, like I said, it's not different quality ingredients than their regular fragrances, yeah, I, I couldn't justify spending my own money on it. And I feel like this is like a study on like what makes a fragrance expensive, what makes a consumer spend a certain amount or pass a certain threshold on fragrance. Here we are knowing we are getting the exact same brand, the exact same quality, and we're all like, yes, we will pay more. And it's the same thing when you compare two different brands where they source their ingredients from the same place, but one of them costs 150 more and we are happy to pay it. What is the psychology behind it? It's it's really, it's fascinating to sort of unpack. And this is not me passing judgment. Have you met me? Do you know the point of this podcast? If you like something, you deserve to have it, right? I mean, this is probably also why no one has hired me as a financial advisor 
But if a perfume brings you joy, I'm the first person to say, go get it. It's more so just that in this particular instance, when I know that so many city exclusives have a sort of counterpart within the Lilabo regular collection, it's hard for me to justify going down that exclusive route. And I think that that is a great segue to what I'm trying to do here, which obviously is to review the city exclusives for you, but to also offer an alternative, an alternative within Lilabo. Because as I posit, every Lilabo city exclusive has a regular Lilabo cousin. And if you like the exclusive, there might be something from the regular collection that might also be very much in line with your taste. Okay, I'm going to start with the newest city exclusive first. This one launched in 2023. It is the Shanghai exclusive, and that fragrance is called Myrrh 55. Now, true to Lalabo marketing, do I think Myrrh is the hero note of this fragrance? Nah. This is jasmine, this is patchouli, this is myrrh. You know what other very popular fragrance from fragrance history has those same hero notes? YSL Opium. And I couldn't help but smell the similarities as soon as I sprayed it. I feel like myrrh sits somewhere in between that sort of like grapey sweetness of L'Interdit. And then, yeah, there's just something that feels very reminiscent of opium. And it doesn't quite sit right with me that the Shanghai City Exclusive happens to smell so much like a fragrance that we in 2023 all can recognize was a fragrance marketed all around fetishizing the Orient. And I'm not even necessarily saying that Lalabo is or isn't doing that. I just feel like, I don't know, do you really want to launch a Shanghai exclusive that happens to smell so much like a fragrance that was already problematic in how it fetishized that exact region? My take might be completely hot and completely wrong. If you have the chance to smell myrrh, you might even disagree with me that they even smell remotely similar. Once this thought occurred to me, however, I did want to just at least acknowledge it, even in the chance that it's ultimately a reach, or I am wrong, or I take it back. If you just want my thoughts on the juice, I mean, I do love seeing an 80s maximalist scent come back into the lexicon, especially with a brand like Lalabo that often sort of paves the way and sets trends of like what is cool in the niche world. Um, very excited to see if that means that more brands will follow suit and we'll see this sort of resurgence of this like maximalist type of fragrance. Also just want to call out if you listen to a past solo episode at the beginning of the year, what was my prediction for 2023? It was maximalist florals. Not to toot my own horn but not to not to my own horn. You know what I'm saying? So who is its regular Lalabo cousin? I would say if you like Myrrh 55, check out Lang 49. Very different fragrances, but another fragrance that feels sort of reminiscent to sheep fragrances of the past. This one, if I'm remembering correctly, because I haven't smelled it in a minute, this one feels a little bit more buttoned up, a little bit closer to something like Byredo Rose Noir, where, yeah, Myrrh 55 is just kind of like loud and big, grapey, fruity scent. Gayak Tan, which I talked about, a sort of musky, cedary incense fragrance. If you like Gayak Tan, I think you should try Vetiver 46. That sort of has like a little bit more of like a vetiver, I guess, 
woodsiness, but it also has a big Gaillac wood note. I remember the first time I smelled it, it did remind me a little bit of Aesop Hoel. And I feel like Gaillac 10 is also sort of like a slight cousin of that fragrance. You could also try another 13. You could also try Santal 33, depending on what about Gaillac 10 you were trying to find in another fragrance. Vinny 44. This is a very beloved city exclusive. Maybe I'm just not the right person because I'm so like not, I'm so specific about vanilla. Um, to me, this is like a slightly woody sort of like nice everyday vanilla. Didn't really move the needle for me. But I would say if you like a vanilla scent, guess what? Lalabo has an evergreen one. You could try Tonka 25. Musk 25. This reminds me of a sort of like elevated, slightly more aldehydic Javon White Musk. If you like that, I would try Ambret 9. Ambret 9 sort of has like that slight nod to sort of like 90s White Musk fragrances. Um, Mousse de Chêne. Now, this is a fragrance that I absolutely adore in the bottle on blotter. Something about it goes sour on my skin. I find that sometimes with certain oak moss molecules on my skin in a few hours time, it just gets a little bit burpy. I don't know if anybody can relate. I mean, I get that with like Baccarat Rouge as well. Things tend to go burpy on my skin. Not the burpy you do in a gym class, the burpy you do when you belch. Anyway, if you like Mousse de Chêne, which for the record, I'm sure on somebody else is absolutely lovely, try another 13. Tuberous 40. This is one, this is the New York City exclusive, but I feel like we don't really give it enough hype. This is a pretty narrowly fragrance. If you like this fragrance, I would try Jasmine 17, um, Cedra 37. Okay, so I want to talk about the three citrus scents in the city exclusives. There's Cedra 37, there is Citron 28, and there is Limet 37. Now, I think of the three, I guess it depends on the day, which one is my favorite. But in terms of like the best longevity on skin, I feel like Citron 28 lasts the longest on me. I feel like Limet 37 has my favorite opening and I feel like Cedrat 37 has my favorite heart. So Limet definitely feels more limey than the other two. Finally, a name that matches the notes. Um, Cedrat 37. Um, but Cedrat 37 is sort of like a warm but fresh citrus. I like it. Um, Citron 28, also pretty, a little bit more floral, I would say. And yeah, if you like any of these, I mean, you gotta try Bergamot 22. You know, that's my, that's like my favorite. If you like Citron 28, I would try the Neroli fragrance because that's a little bit more of like a floral fragrance. And so Citron 28, Bigorod, if you like the Hong Kong Bigorod fragrance, I would then try Fleur de Ranger. Benjamin 19, it really wasn't doing anything for me. I also could have been a little bit anosmic at that point, but I uh, skin tested it on my boyfriend's arm and neither one of us really like could distinguish it. Queer 28, pretty leather scent. What else is there? Aldehyde 44. This is just very aldehydic to me. There are other notes in the pyramid, but if you are an aldehyde lover, you know, it's a pretty one. Bay Rose 26. I really like Bay Rose 26. I gotta say, um, that's sort of like a pink pepper rose fragrance and just very sort of like fizzy and also very aldehydic. It reminds me a little bit of if you've tried Parfum d'Empire, uh, La Cri et la Lumière, that sort of same sort of like crystalline rose aldehyde, just like fresh but petally type of smell. I, I really enjoy this one. Again, though, I don't know if it smells amazing on my skin, but I do love it on blotter. But yeah, that's that's my city exclusive recap. I want to move on to some of your questions that you wrote in. I 
feel like every time I do a solo episode, I always get asked my trend predictions. And as I mentioned earlier, they do seem to come true. Um, so the last one that I predicted, I think was a few months ago, and I still feel it's still something that's very top of mind, which was, I think that we're going to see a lot more sort of like mushroomy undergrowth fragrances appear on the market. Also, I mean, there are so many fragrances launched every year. It's like, I could find any argument to support my thesis. It's like, if you have the craziest symptom and you Google it, like somebody else in the world has Googled that thing before. So I'm not saying that this is like me Googling a crazy symptom. I'm just saying like, I'm sure inevitably people are working on mushroom scents right now that are going to come out and then I'm going to be like, I did it. But yeah, I think we're going to see some more of that. Someone asked how to choose a perfume if you are not an expert, specifically how to select a signature. Guess what? You don't have to be an expert. You just have to like it. I would say... Go to a store, sniff around without any expectations of buying anything. Try and hone in on which fragrances you like and if they have anything in common. So I would sort of take notes or take pictures on your phone of all the fragrances that you are enjoying. Then I would go home, Google them, look at the notes, and then maybe you'll realize, hey, these all have a pear note, or these are all considered white floral fragrances, or these are all gourmand fragrances. And then from there, I think you can kind of hone in on a genre. You can get a little bit more hyper-focused, hyper-targeted, go to a department store and specifically say, I'm looking for a, let's pretend it's gourmand, gourmand. And then you can really smell those. I would skin test all of them, meaning try it on your skin. Don't buy it on the spot. Wear it on your skin, walk around for a few hours, see how it smells at the end of the day. You want to know if it goes sour on your skin. You want to know if it projects on your skin. You want to know if it lasts on your skin, um, if it mixes well with your body chemistry. So oftentimes, like if you go to Nordstrom, they will give you little two milliliter samples of whatever fragrance you're testing. So if you live near Nordstrom, that's always a great hack. And then you can also get samples of fragrances online at Twisted Lily. You know, my code there is Perfume Room 10 at Lucky Scent, where my code is 10PR. Both of these get you 10% off your purchases or other sites where you can just order samples or discovery kits and really have time to wear the fragrances intimately before you commit to your next purchase. Another question I received was how to smell individual notes in perfume and how do you like understand what, for example, vetiver smells like or be able to register when you're smelling vetiver. And I would just say kind of similar to the last answer would be to short of like actually ordering, you know, vials of said raw material and learning what that raw material smells like, order samples of lots of fragrances with the same note go to a store and smell lots of fragrances with the same note. And honestly, that is what Smell Club is. That's exactly what Smell Club is for. So I'm not trying to plug Smell Club, but Smell Club is literally to learn about different families and facets and notes and be able to pinpoint them when you smell them in very different formulations. So this month, for example, we're doing tuberose and we're smelling five different tuberose fragrances so that ideally by the end, you'll be able to clock what that smell is when you smell it in something that's a very dominant tuberose fragrance or when it's just sort of like a, a subtle nuance of something else. Someone asked me about something non-perfume related that I am loving recently. I feel like I have been sleeping on loose powder. I don't know where I've been for the past, I don't know, forever, but I just discovered the 
miracle of loose powder. Let me tell you about it. So I feel like every time I watch these get ready with me videos, or if I watch like any sort of makeup tutorial, I always see the person putting powder on their makeup. I never got into the whole baking trend. And I just, I've had loose powder years ago and I just feel like it made my face look like almost like a mime. Like it just like mattified my face in a way that wasn't like smoothing. It was just like powdering. Anyway, I saw a video where someone was like, if you're not using loose powder to set your makeup, what are you doing? And I honestly was like, I really don't know. So I promptly listened to that video, ran straight to Sephora, and I got the Prisme, I'll link it in the notes. Okay, I got that Prisme powder that comes with like four different colors, and it's all like pastel colors, and it's like purple pastel, and green pastel, and blue pastel, and white pastel. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just started putting it under my eyes. And there's a difference. I I can't even tell you guys what it's like. It smooths your skin. Like it just, it takes the shine away, which I didn't think bothered me until I realized it wasn't an option and I didn't have to have it. And I feel like it just sort of like smoothed out. Like it almost looked like if someone like did a little retouching on a photo, that's the miracle of loose powder. And you're like, Emma, we know this. We've been using this forever, but- I just got on board and I'm very happy about it. I wanted to review some new samples that I got. And specifically, I want to talk about Ilda Soliani fragrances because she was on the podcast a few weeks ago. And I feel like the fragrances, at least in the United States, that she is most well known for happen to be her gourmands, which we love. She is the queen of gourmands. But... Ilda, after our episode, generously sent me samples of many other fragrances in her line, a lot of ones that don't seem to have distribution in the U.S. or they're sort of harder to find if they do. And she has so many other fragrances outside of the typical like crema de latte, hot milk, fragola salate. And I wanted to talk about some of the ones that really struck a chord with me that are new favorites. And I apologize in advance for any Italian that I butcher. I'm doing my best. But the first one I want to talk about is from her Teatro collection. And that is called Vecchi Rosetti. And this fragrance, I smelled it and immediately I am like, okay, I am getting makeup. I'm getting lipstick, violet, iris. We know the world that we are in, right? So I looked it up and the inspiration is the glamorous woman of the theater getting ready backstage in the dressing room with all the makeup and powders and lipstick strewn about. And Yes, I love the atmosphere that comes with one waft of this fragrance. If you compare it to something like, say, Lipstick Rose from Frederick Ma, which is a masterpiece in itself, to me, that is a very photorealistic lipstick scent. And this feels like you zoomed out of that a little bit. And you have the lipstick and the powders, yes, but also the people wearing them. It smells like a woman who's wearing cocoa or Mademoiselle, and she's putting on a vintage lipstick and powdering her nose. I love it. Now, I said I wouldn't talk about gourmands, but I do just want to talk about crema de latte really quickly because, believe it or not, that was one of her gourmand fragrances I hadn't smelled, and it struck immediate joy because it feels like caramel, coffee, and condensed milk. The condensed milk is so special and fun and cozy in this fragrance. If you like Les uh, Condensés, I think that's what it is from Chabot, whichever the condensed milk scent is. If you like something like Blanche Bette from Le Quid Imaginaire, this will be right up your alley. It is so sweet, but it's tempered with the coffee notes. Very vanilla, very milky. I love it. Okay, another one that I absolutely Adore. Maybe I'm going through a pepper phase. Pecatrici. I love 
this scent. The first thing I thought of, and I saw that somebody else on Fragrantica had written this as well, but it's very cinnamony. It smells kind of like Red Hots. It's like pepper and cinnamon and it's very anisic and it's just like cinnamon candy and Twizzlers and anise. I love it. I This might be a new favorite after the ones that you knew I already loved, like Hot Milk and Fragola Salata and Buonissimo. And the last one I want to talk about is Il Tuo Tulipano. When I smelled this, I had immediate nostalgia. I thought of my semester abroad in college and I thought of my roommate. This smells exactly like her. And I asked her what perfume she wore and she wore Burberry Brit Eau de Toilette. I am not saying this smells just like Burberry Brit and I'm sure side by side they smell very different. It's just, it was nice to have that nostalgic feeling of a friend who I haven't seen in a long time just kind of come flooding back. But anyway... It's very sort of floral, it's fruity, it's just bright and feels really just like pretty for the summer, um, very wearable. And there's just, there's a, there's like a subtle sort of like ambery sweetness that sort of runs through it that gives it really nice depth and dimension and keeps it from just sort of being like a, any other fresh floral. And yet it feels very light and breezy to wear. Today's episode is meant to be a short, sweet palate cleanser. So we have one final segment of the show and the final segment of the show involves you because I asked you all to send in voice notes of what you are looking for in your perfect perfume. Send me a little bit of information about yourself, some fragrances you like, you don't like. And I got so many responses that I think I'm gonna start weaving this in to more episodes. Maybe I'll do it in every solo episode. Maybe I'll do it every now and then in a regular episode. So if you did send me a voice note, thank you. I listened to it and I loved it, but I could only pick two today. So the first recipient of the scent consultation on Perfume Room is Priya. Let's listen to what Priya is looking for. Hi, Emma. My name is Priya and I'm 33 years old. So I'm looking for a fragrance for an engagement slash potential elopement I'm planning with my partner for the end of this year. I love green fragrances with notes of citrus or woods, and some of my favorites include Debaser, Lilac Dreams by Marissa Zappas, and Molecule 01 Plus Iris, thanks to you. I tend not to like very sweet perfumes, gourmands, or big, heady white florals. The vibe I'm looking for is the vibe that I feel in my relationship, which is something bright and green to signify a new beginning and the start of something amazing with a kernel of something dark or grounding to signify where we've been before. We've both been engaged before and I think in many instances in the past didn't think we could get to this place where we're so happy with the person that we feel was meant for us. And so I want the perfume if possible, to convey this magic and hope and deep gratitude I feel for having met him and found him and getting to be together. Just a tiny little thing to ask of a scent, I know. Thank you for everything you've put out into the world so far. I really love everything you do. And I hope you pick me. I would love to do this. Just a perfume that casually conveys the magic and spark of your incredibly special relationship. Yeah, of course, I got it. Um, Priya, this was so nice. I'm so happy for you, and I'm so happy to help you find the perfect scent for your elopement, for your big day. This is ugh, so wonderful. I love love. Okay, 
I have to say, and maybe it's a little on the nose because you use the word grounding, but there is one fragrance that as I was listening to your request, just immediately popped in my head. And the more I thought about it, the more I couldn't unthink about it. And that is Gabar Ground 2. Now, this is a fragrance that I think is perfect because there is a sort of bright green feeling to it from a big fig note, but it is so grounded and warm with notes of orris and vetiver and sandalwood, and it feels incredibly cozy while also feeling sort of green and spicy, giving you that little kernel of something dark, like you said, to sort of signify where you've been, but have that bright green lush feel for where you're headed. And it has these nice little spice notes in there that to me, when you say like magic, I'm like, what can be something that we can sort of like pepper in, sprinkle in? Like I think of like literal fairy dust. And this fragrance has notes of coriander, pink pepper, and ginger, giving it that perfect sort of spicy magic sparkle. It mixes that milky figginess that you love in Debaser with that sort of warm round iris that you love in Molecule Plus Iris and it adds a green bright spicy lushness and I think it would be absolutely perfect. Another fragrance I feel totally fits this genre that I have to recommend and this one is also a little on the nose is called Wedding in Oaxaca from Kismet Olfactive. Now you might be listening to this and being like, Emma, you have talked about both of these fragrances on the podcast before. And that's true. And I think that they're perfect for what you're looking for. This fragrance was created by a friend of the pod, Shabnam Tavakol. And the notes are coconut milk. There's also pink pepper and ginger in this one. And the heart notes are gardenia, violet leaves, and geranium with a base of osmanthus musk and sandalwood. Now, what I love about this fragrance is that oftentimes I smell coconut in fragrances and it immediately goes sort of like tropical sweet, like sunscreen vibes. This is like a green, young, milky coconut type of feel, kind of reminiscent to how fig feels in fragrances. Then the pink pepper and ginger give a little bit of zest, a little bit of sparkle, a little bit of magic. The gardenia is a white floral, but in here she is not heady. She is sort of in the background watching everything go down, just adding a little bit of creamy warmth to everything. The violet leaf gives a perfect sort of green, musky kind of feel. And then osmanthus, musk, and sandalwood give a base that feels subtly fruity, musky, and just slightly woody. And I think this would be another wonderful contender for your special day. It feels elevated. It feels grounded. It's got a kernel of something dark, and yet it's still bright and lush and green. So Priya, if you try these, please let me know what works out for you. Congratulations again. Next up, we have Brian. Brian, tell us what you're looking for. Um, on a side note, did I just become the Delilah of perfume? Hey, Emma. My name is Brian, and I'm 34 years old. This is me speaking with a full mouth of Invisalign and rubber bands before bed, which is a great time for pronunciation. My goal is to smell like what everyone wants, but no one has. When I got married, my husband and I quit our jobs and traveled for a year, and I felt that so many countries and cities left a scent impression on me. I'm looking for a fragrance that I can wear every day and still have it feel truly special. I can admit that I want compliments, but I don't want to suffocate anyone with my fragrance. I live in NYC and want my fragrance to transition well from working from home to the subway, the occasional office visit, working from cafes, and all the way through to drinks or dinner. 
I don't want to be overwhelming to anyone, but also want to smell unique and don't mind leaving a little bit of a trail behind or the fragrance making a small entrance as I approach. I would say three vibes are understated, sharp but calm, and cool but comforting. My current likes are Te Matcha by Le Labo, Molecule 01 by Eccentric Molecules, Santal 33 by Le Labo, I know, I know, all of New York City has that, Wood Sage and Sea Salt by Joe Malone, and You by Glossier. My current dislikes are anything specifically labeled for men, very floral or sweet fragrances, and anything that is rum forward. My budget is around $200, but I don't want that to limit us from finding the perfect match. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Brian, I think I speak for all of us when I say that had you not disclosed that you were wearing rubber bands and Invisalign, we would not have been able to tell because that pronunciation was sharp. And you need a fragrance as sharp as your pronunciation. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Okay, Brian, listen. I know exactly what you're looking for. As you were speaking, I was like, this is the fragrance. This is the fragrance. And then you kept going and going. And I was like, yep, still the one. The fragrance I think would be perfect for you is Chris Collins' African Rhoibus. I've talked about this one on the podcast as well, because you know what? It's another stunner and it is another favorite. And the pyramid of this fragrance is my favorite part. Why? Because every single time I wear it, I get something different from it. There's bergamot, there's cardamom, black pepper, rhoibus tea, there's orris, cedar, tonka bean, immortelle. And what it smells like to me, the best way that I can describe it is like sort of like that subtle smokiness of like maybe like Palo Santo burning in the background. Though there's no Palo Santo note and it doesn't smell exactly like that, but sort of that like meditative smokiness mixed with like a little bit of citrus, the warmth of orris, that sort of warm, slightly fruity smell of rhoibus tea. And then there's a spice that you get from the cardamom and the black pepper. And it just feels like it contains every bit of everything. It feels zesty. It feels sharp. It feels peppery. But then it's also like warm and like a soft sort of cashmere hug. I feel like this fragrance leaves just enough of a trail for someone to be curious what you're wearing or compliment you on your fragrance, but never enough to stuff up a room. And because the notes are more on the fresh and sharp side, it's not really the type of fragrance that's going to get cloying or stuffy in a car ride or a crowded space. It's a fragrance that says, I just got my Invisalign off and I'm not afraid to show it. I also find this fragrance incredibly versatile. I personally have worn this on a date night. I've worn this out with friends and I've also worn it like in the morning when I'm running errands because it has that mix of light and dark, of smoky and calm, of citrusy and warm. And it just is, I think is what you're looking for. So Brian, if you try it, please keep us posted and let us know. If you submitted a sent consult voice note to me and I did not answer it, like I said, I will get to you at some point. Please keep submitting them. Um, I will post on my Instagram stories whenever I'm looking for new ones. So definitely follow me on Instagram. I hope you guys have enjoyed this solo episode. It was fun to catch up with you and I will catch you next time. This podcast was edited by Joe Leonardo. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.